Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light, and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at ResonantTruth.com. Today on the Zolkin Count is called Blue Overtone Storm, and it is the fifth day of the Blue Eagle Wave Spell, and it is the Resonant Moon Day 3. And it's my Mayan birthday, and I am really trying to figure out how to make podcasts accept, accessible to people that are tuning in for the first time. So the front end of our half hour together is going to have a little bit more orientation than usual, which is excellent training for me who likes to just launch into a combination of like personal sharing and just of the moment experiential response to the time we live in. But it'd be good to just get a little bit factual without doing a full intro course. So that's the, um, that's what I'm trying to straddle here. Uh, there are moons that are the sort of natural time representation of months, but they're only 28 days long. So I'm always referencing the moon that we're in and the the name of it, which would be, in this case, the resonant moon. It's the seventh moon of 13 because our Mayan year starts on July 26th. So even though it's a new year to Gregorian calendar people, which is pretty much the whole world, it is very much the middle of the Mayan year, and that's significant. And uh, I'll explain about the kind of, as it were, resonances of this resonant moon. And then I will also talk about where we are in the Zolkin calendar, which is completely different than a year count. It's a count of 260 days, which is the same as gestation in the womb for a human being. It's nine months. And we are always tracking that, uh, both on the podcast and if you follow this accessible, you know, modern version of the Mayan sacred count, that's what we're doing here is flipping our orientation to just looking at the Earth's trajectory around the sun, which is what a year is, to uh, being with time in a completely different way. And, you know, I leak out examples of how different it is every time I talk and share. But just know that we're tracking a 260-day calendar called the Zolkin. And in the Zolkin, there are 13-day subdivisions uh, that are called wave spells. And so a wave spell is a pretty fundamental new word, and a wave spell is a count of 13. It can be 13 days, 
13 months or what we call moons or 13 years. And uh, the count of 13 is always using like language instead of, of a numeric count. So when I say the resonant moon, resonant just equals seven in the order of 13. We just had the rhythmic moon and that was the sixth in a count of 13. Today is an overtone day, blue overtone storm, and overtone is the word for five. So it's the fifth day in a count of 13 days. And wave spells always use the same um, language adjectives to count from one to 13. And so those are kind of like the really huge alien principles. I'm not going to deny, even for people that touch in or longtime listeners, everyone recognizes how weird uh, or alien it is to start discussing like the Mayan code, the Mayan count. I had the same learning curve long ago. And so you just have to endure a certain amount of disorientation. And also, I think this path attracts people that are seekers with a lot of muscle, um, maybe even intellectual muscle behind what they're um, looking for or, or willing to work for when you follow natural time. Like, I just want to say that without sounding like a snot. I want to say it from a place of, yeah, it's really complex at the outset. Like, I do not follow the intricacies of zodiac astrology or whatever the right term is. You know, I know my, I know my sun sign and my rising sign. I know my moon sign. It seems like they might be the same. I know about Mercury retrograde. I don't really know any other retrogrades. Do you know what I mean? Like it's super complex. To me, it's like scientifically baffling. And all I can tell you is that when you follow the Mayan calendar, there is a really big disjointed moment of encountering all the language and concepts for the first time. But once you get in through that door, you will be able to follow what's going on because it isn't like high technical science that's changing based on astronomy. It is dropping into a different count, learning the rhythms, and then feeling that there are layers to time because time is layered. It's, uh, it's a 13-day count. It's a 13-moon count. It's a 13-year count. Each day uh, has references in all of these levels or associations with a, a few different calendars that are tracked by the Maya. But once you get the language, you can start to get a foothold, and then you're propelled into incredible, magical reality. Like, we're still in reality, but it's a magical reality. I think we all need that reminder sometimes, so here I am throwing it out there again. I'm really right in this juncture. It's my Mayan birthday. That's a form of rebirth for me. Every 260 days, we each come back to the day we originated from, you know, my actual birth in November 23rd, 1968 was a blue overtone storm day. And every 260 days since has been. And every time it's coming up to my Mayan birthday, I might feel an urgency or a stress related to moving towards rebirth. And there is freedom for all of us when we hit this mark of our Mayan birthday, because it's a picture of being like kind of thrust out of a space we'd outgrown. 
and given autonomy after being really, really smushed into our our mother, our sacred mother, or our you know supreme mother, however you want to des- describe that, um, having that grandeur of a relationship to something that's a higher power but deeply feminine, that's what it is to be internal in utero, then we step out and are sort of like wobbling along on our own. I guess the birth is a bit more like a a four-legged animal than a human. You know, I'm born as a human and I'm completely dependent on my mother still. But if you think of like a cult being born, you know, cults start staggering around on their four legs and that's a little bit how it is to hit your Mayan birthday like okay you've got this now we're gonna push into the real world and you have real developed skills from the intimacy of our connection Uh, I wanted to podcast from Blue Overtone Storm so that anyone who's listening gets kind of an insight into what it is to be in the energy field of this auteur me who creates the whole resonant truth universe. Um, It's a pretty cathartic birth energy and everything that I create has a kind of strong, maybe like overwhelming urgency. In California, we clearly have been through a bunch of raw storm fronts lately. And I don't personally feel it as more difficult than historic rain seasons I grew up in but climate change is dramatizing weather like extreme drought followed by extreme overflow of the skies and so it's a it's a good reflection for me who's not just a blue storm which is clearly the element the tribe the totem of rain and the kind of cacophony that happens in the sky when evaporated rain is returned to the earth. But to be overtone, that count of five out of 13, that particular stage in a cycle of 13, a wave form of 13, it's a really pushy, um, kind of demanding, or we say commanding attribute to be overtone. Like kind of over the top, but, you know, over the top energy fields are necessary to get shit done. And uh, the overtone role is to really, like, promise and prove that we are rising. We are going to surge and find our way to the heavens. Like, if you're picturing a wave, it's all about getting some altitude and some speed. And so I know that when I'm walking around the world, it's a little too much between the storm energy and the overtone tone. It is pretty um, urgent and pushy. And completely, if you're not like putting yourself down, it's like totally necessary and awesome that there's someone who can sweep through and get things in real motion. (laughs) I don't have that level of uh, self-esteem but I think it's an optimistic view of the storm front that exists in the Mayan code and also uh, in the overtone tone 
every one of us has attributes that are going to feel awesome to us and awesome to others. Every one of us has attributes that feel hard and burdensome to us and present that way to others. And a lot of what I love to do in teaching and you know, working individually with people is just name it. Let's just organize this. These are the parts of your Mayan birth astrology that tend to be more palatable and um, embraced by the culture. And, and then the culture changes, and sometimes it embraces us more easily, and sometimes it rejects us. And uh, how do we navigate, you know, between in, within that dynamic? So also, I want to emphasize more and more what I've been learning in the last few years through relationships that I've had, and relationships are a really big part of being in this astrology. We have our birth astrology, and then we interact with people through fate. You know, they're presented in our lives. They arise before us, and we love them or hate them, or it's a moderate response, but we can look at the relationships that people bring as, um, you know, totemic signatures that are showing us where we have to put our attention and I've had I'm, I'm born within the blue eagle wave spell which we're in right now and I've just had so much blue eagle synchronicity in the last five years and it has really helped me navigate a tribe that I used to feel was very clinically um, removed and, a, and it sort of situated the blue eagle tribe is about the mind and vision and so it's very naturally a reflection of our thought process, our ana analytical mind, the higher mind that is also almost haughty or um, I use the word professorial, just like um, not really feeling in my heart, I'm not really like in my lower chakras. I'm up in my higher most aspect in my humanity. It's going to be like my brain. We can't actually take flight, but we can rise to the very tops of our bodies and see things from that lookout point. And that means that we're being pretty mental. So the blue eagle to me felt like kind of a curse because all that mentality on overdrive makes us unfeeling or makes us ungrounded. And I have that history. You know, I'm like a tall lady and I'm like kind of a thin lady. And if you look at me, I don't look very grounded. Like it's hard to get my limbs that are elongated to like transfer all that earth energy up into my upper body. I have a really focused um, analytical mind and, and an overviewing mind. And so it was complex for me. Like how am I the blue storm so mental? Uh, and then I realized what we're taught in this lineage, it's not like I invented this, but I hadn't really heard the message that every one of us serves the wave spell we're born within. So you're born within a wave spell and you're, you know, it's not like indentured servitude, but you're connected to the concept that the overriding wave spell holds. So I'm the fifth day of the blue eagle wave spell and I represent a lot of blue eagle aspects. So that's sort of your, you know, uh, homework. If, if you care to, to reflect from the podcast, I can't really reach through the airwaves and talk individually about the tribes. But 
uh, you can remember what you've heard about the tribes and recognize that the tribe you're born within ends up being a pretty vital part of your human experience. And for me, you know, I, I, I just want to say this. Lots of people who listen know this. It's like a, it's a huge burden for me that I have a, a really mentally ill parent, my mother, and she also follows this calendar. So it's a very interesting, you know, balancing act that, you know, we share a path, but we share very little else in stability. And she's a blue eagle person. So I, I find it really empowering to honor her from a distance that she had one child, one birth, and it was during her wave spell. I mean, good for her. It's very connected. And then I also feel like for me, all my perception about Blue Eagle for the longest time has been colored by really witnessing aspects of her personality and parenting that were so tracking so removed in her mind that you know I was like knee level as a child so I felt really um, distant and um, shut out so it's been wonderful to get into the blue eagle perspective that doesn't really have this tarnished you know childhood trauma um, reference point and I want to hold that for anyone who is a blue eagle listening or has blue eagle in their constellation or has a struggle with blue eagle uh, or has a blue eagle parent. I know there is at least one listener who does. <laughs> it's been discussed. But the way it works in the calendar is that there will be a tribe that is really irritating even if it's not part of our personal constellation history with our families of origin or partners, it's just, it's uncomfortable. It's like, I can't settle in to this day. You know, I find it to be a, a huge learning curve, a, a learning process, which means that I'm enduring discomfort. You know, the lesson is one in dis-ease. And it is fun to sort of figure out what it is about that tribe that's uh, tripping us up. And I think, you know, I've been following every day for 22 years now. And so we rotate through tribes that create disturbance that we can't explain. Uh, and then maybe it's resolved. And that's interesting, too. So I guess the, the kind of guidance here is just like, well, if you're struggling with a particular part of the Zolkin that we journey through. That's important and there's a reason. And I'm super happy to talk to you about it. It's like my new frontier uh, as I hit my rebirth day is that I, I have to be doing this one-on-one um, -on -one work more. I haven't been available for two years, but uh, you should definitely talk to me about it. I'm a really affordable, intuitive guide, and I'm really present even if you're not in my area. Like, I am not stopped in my exploration of your astrology or my heart expansion by distance. That's not real in the intuitive realm. So if you're ready to make a connection around your astrology or just intuition that's bolstered by mind teaching, you know, we're just looking clairvoyantly at what you're going through. I feel like we're all going through a lot and it's not going to change. That's not an advertising 
tactic. It's actually why I'm trying to rise back to availability uh, is the urgency of how much distress we are experiencing as humans. It's just a combination of how accelerated life has become through technology that we're becoming more um, saturated with like technological speed in our everyday activities. And so that's kind of like going too fast on the freeway, you know, like a wheel can come off and we can crash. So how to slow things down in indigenous time tracking orientation is a counterbalance. And also how to just support uh, one day at a time living well by being in the day itself. But the lesson that I want to just focus on right now on this podcast is um, technology sort of advertises or reports to allowing us to kind of control our lives because it's automated. Therefore, we don't have to think about it. But that will never remove, apparently, waking up and having a feeling state that is uncontrollable. So, you know, I'm affected by weather. I mean, not catastrophically, but it's very normal if it's going to rain hard for three weeks to be affected. It's not a depression. It's a limited amount of movement. Like I have to adjust what my plans are and therefore activities, you know, and that's living in the moment and that's being present in a way that I didn't get to orchestrate and being able to respond to that without feeling like your self-worth changes because you can't do what you thought you were going to or someone else expected to you as well as letting your moods not shift to like depression uh, because things have slowed down to a more normal pace than technology has um, allowed in a long time you know that's that's not depression that's humanity in the winter there's less light our bodies are slower that's beautiful that's like poetry that's the human existence in total alignment with a larger natural world and so how can um how can we just remember that and i'm happy to support you in remembering that because it's all i think about (laughs) um Oh, I think that's my message is I don't really see how we get off this train. This technology train has taken hold. And so it's super important if if you care to, to reach backwards in time to older ways of being. And I'm 54. I can take you back to the 70s when we didn't have TV reception where I lived. And I have such a battery store I'm so blessed with that I had that experience of not being connected to a screen because I'm connected all the time now, but I can time travel back there and I can take you with me and we can uh, explore all these resonance fields that include, you know, that recent 50 years ago or the Maya who I guess kind of crashed out in like 850 A.D., Maybe that's not accurate because they really crashed out when the infiltration happened. But you see what I'm saying? Like we go back in time to when these teachings were really at their strongest. I think this is all resonant moon information. Again, if you're a new listener who's made it this far, the resonant moon is just the seventh moon of the year, but it's 28 days of exploring the resonant tone, the seventh tone, 
which is all about a pause and an expansion. It's not about action. It's really fortuitous that our, our perception of a Gregorian New Year coincides with the resonant tome because it launches the Gregorian calendar year of like January into a pretty explorative, spacious space. So that means that when the Christmas holidays are finally over and you cleaned up and gotten rid of your Christmas tree, etc., you do have a lot of space. I think you invite reflection and meditative reflection um, in this time. It's coordinated with the Mayan time through my lens because it makes perfect sense that we would be meditative, reflective, still, expansive, the resonant tone is very much the picture if you need like a shorthanded version, visual, of sitting in meditation. You can sit in a chair. You can sit on the floor. Uh, you can lie down. You can walk slowly. <laughs> but the resonant tone is very much like what we're seeking and what we're attaining when we deliberately meditate. So it's a lovely time. I chose the moniker resonant truth because I have a natural affinity um, for this tone you know it is super helpful to be spacious reflective meditative and just fill yourself with both information and energy that comes from somewhere else being a channel as a break from all the demanded activity action that even Natural time asks of us. Natural time isn't a technology. The Mayan wave spell uh, teaching isn't a technology, but it's definitely movement and growth. Technology is sort of like hyper movement and hyper growth, and it seems to match better with um, artificial whatever intelligence or humanity than real humanity, real corporal humanity where we have like bones and bloodstream doesn't move at the speed of light. We move at the speed of light when our life is over. <laughs> so all this speed of light technology on some like really gloomy uh, portrayal is just us kind of carving our way to ascension like, we'll just accelerate life on Earth to such a degree that we can just sort of obliterate into fire and burn with the sun. I mean, I'm not, I'm certain that we're headed in that direction. I just don't suppose it's very soon, exactly. But it's it's kind of the metaphor. So, um, not needing to be that fiery and fast and coming back to how the pace of our breath is or our heartbeat and just letting that be like the max that we move is a lot of what happens in the resonant time in terms of how this blue eagle wave spell is advancing i'm not like a future teller but i want to point out that it's the second to last of the wave spells that the zolkin hold this zolkin holds 20 wave spells of 13 days each. That's how we get 260 days. Each 13-day wave spell celebrates one of the 20 tribes. Blue Eagle clearly is one of the 20 tribes, a totem uh, that the Maya chose. They chose 20 totems to celebrate on their 20 fingers and toes, which is how they counted 
days. And Blue Eagle, I've kind of given you the descriptor. It's a great time to have vision, big vision, best clarity. And it's a time when you may struggle with a certain kind of detachment. And that struggle of being analytical or removed from the rest of your body is real and impermanent. Every wave spell and its challenge is to teach us growth and balance. But if we can't master balance, then we just endure it. And we, and we recognize that we haven't figured out balance yet. And so the wave spell or the day that we pass through just has to be endured. And that is a really big part of um, a sacred human life where we are humbled by our lack of control and the humility can feel like discomfort until we break through in the surrender and then we're sort of satisfied that we can't control it. Um, so if your blue eagle wave spell isn't going that well, I get it, you know, and, and again, there are ways to support ourselves and there are ways to get support. You can reach out to support for it from others. You can be in a real rut of needing support all the time. And as long as you don't beat yourself up and are willing to be that reflectively for someone when you are stronger, then reach out. Blue Eagle is very, as it turns out, invested in like nest mates. <laughs> you know, who's, who's in the nest? They live in really close quarters in the nest once the babies come. And they're really into nest building. I mean, that's the whole gestalt, nesting. We're acting like birds. Birds are so into their situation. And they're so beautifully giving to their offspring. Um, so you can see what's going on in your nest. I'm, I'm actually just like thinking about it in my own life. Like what is going on in my nest and re regarding nesting? And, you know, I'm just, I have to say this aloud. You know, there are times when we are just so fortunate to feel good. And the fact that I'm having a moment because of my partner and our birthdays, and if you construct like the synthesis, which I'm happy to explain to you in a session, or you can buy my book, like how do you fuse your own astrology with another's that you meet, that you care about, or you struggle with? You can get this like pinpointed totemic description of what your intersection of your astrology is, and then live it. And the intersection of our astrology is Blue Eagle. So I'm living it. And I mean, we're only on day five, it could all crash and burn, and then I'll be sharing about that. But like in this moment, I'm feeling this authentic, peaceful, deep ease and sweetness. I'm being shown the illustration of our relationship encapsulated in this time. It's our relationship right now. You could, you know, check in with me years from now if it's that kind of a long-term relationship. And there might be really bumpy Blue Eagle wave spells. But in this moment, I'm trusting that the true um, satisfaction I feel in the relationship as it's opening up in the Blue Eagle time is augury. And that's super sweet. So, I, I mean, I'm always just talking about my own life so that you would get interested 
in a similar kind of scan of yours. I mean, maybe I'm talking about it because I have an audience that understands to a degree what I'm talking about. (laughs) It's the wave spell of me and my boyfriend and I'm just checking out what's going on and it's cool. Like you will get the shorthand of that. But at the same time, I really love using these indicators as a way to learn about our experiences. Like that's the whole idea of the Mayan code is it's a code to uncover what we're experiencing that we can't cognitively sort out. And I also want you to have the same agility or ability to, if you want to, look at your own relationships and how they have troubling aspects or they have really dynamically easy aspects and I don't think you need to use astrology rather than your own heart and mind but if you feel like you're shut down in either of those places the astrology is one of the gifts that allows us to feel supported so that's why we're here this is turning out to being a very blue overtone storm moment very authentic one Um, in terms of like, hey, you want to know who I am and what I think? Well, it's just going to flow out of me on a day like today. It's a portal day, gateway day, where we may have felt obstruction and an inability to kind of uh, break through. We ought to find that in some way, maybe not the door we've been beating on, but another door would open today and allow us passage, freedom, And then, you know, what's coming up, kind of in present time, to be honest, right now. But I do know that what's coming up is me trying to adhere to being a public podcaster, etc. Again, like that's really the aim, the aspiration. I believe it's an integrity rather than a fantasy. Like it's real that I have had a break that I needed and uh, I want to both get back on the path and kind of widen the path so that more people can uh, pass over it. So the podcasts are supposed to be Sundays and Wednesdays, but I had to wait until it was Blue Overtone Storm. So you ought to be finding another podcast coming up this Sunday, and that will be taking us towards the highest pitch of this Blue Eagle wave spell and toward its its conclusion you know time does move fast even in natural time and uh, i live right next to a prison where people want time to move really fast and so that's part of why i moved here and part of what i think about when i'm living is just like wow time is flying and i wonder if that's true for people that have so much less freedom and uh well we'll find out I'm Lisa Starr. I am another yourself. And in Mayan, we say, in La Keshe.